the top of my head, is they fool us. We don't mm. see them. These yes. meta metaphors, oh, so they smart. fool us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, that is just so clever. I br- I'm glad I brought up that it's April 1st. I'm because glad you're you right. did. And metaphors well, fool us. Yeah, and especially these. So just to give full credit, we want to talk a little bit about meta metaphor, and then we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about metaphor and then this idea of meta metaphor. And this comes from a brilliant man named George Lakoff. And his kind of seminal work is Metaphors We Live By. And you can actually find it online. Um, you just Google Metaphors We Live By Lakoff. And he's, it's, there's a PDF out there that's just in the public domain, I think. Um, but thinking about, uh, you know, one of the things that we recognized a number of years ago when we were first developing our neuroscience and coaching program is that people don't realize, including ourselves, how much we speak in metaphor, that you actually can't get away from it. And I find that mm-hmm. fascinating, Ursula. Yeah, I do too. It's, uh, you know, as you say, people are not aware of They use it in everyday language. And when you pay attention, you realize how much of it uh, really is embedded into uh, how we speak every day, you know, from the bull in the china shop to, oh, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really quite fascinating. It is when you start thinking about it, and some of the metaphors have become, there's a couple of areas where I think we don't recognize metaphors. And then we'll talk about how these meta metaphors kind of fool us. But, you know, I think about, one is, one place we don't recognize metaphors, and this, there's a reason for that in the brain, is when they have become so common, our, when they become really, really common, our brain doesn't actually process them as a metaphor anymore. In other words, they don't make us uh, step into it. So my, my classic example of this is if I say to you, Ursula, well, let's think outside the box about this. What Uh do you notice happens in your brain? And then I'm going to give you another example. When I say, let's think outside the box. I I mean, I I don't need to... I don't need to actually really analyze it. I know exactly what you mean. It's sort of like, you know, be creative. Don't come up with the usual thing. I mean, I immediately go to the answer. My brain doesn't stop to try and figure out what you mean. Interesting. So it just slides right over. And what the Uh research seems to point to is that when things become such a cliche, that's one that's a cliche. Another one is, well, at the end of the day, I have a client who used to say that all the time, at the end of the day, da-da-da. And it's become so habitual that it no longer gets tagged in the brain as a metaphor. And as you say so brilliantly, you don't have to think about it. Now, if I say Uh to you, Ursula, here's this problem. Let's imagine that we are two little mice and we're facing a great big elephant. Oh, well, what that's happens? completely different. <laughs> what happens in I your brain? Actually, oh, I am sitting back in my chair, and now I'm really intrigued, and immediately I see, I'm seeing us as these two little mice, and there's this big, you know, you know, this big animal, and I'm getting all these both exciting as well as sort of a little bit of scary sensations, and I have to stop. Yeah. It's, it's like, yes. who would I be if I were a little mouse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's and, and it sort of, it's like I think of it as this doorway in. And what we 
what seems to be the case is in the first case, it's probably going to get more processed just in language centers in the left hemisphere, which is fine. You know, you're ready to have uh-huh. a creative conversation with me. But in the second case, you're going to activate more visual centers. It's probably going to be a little more of the right brain. Also, we know that the right brain is the place we process metaphor. So now what I've got is I've got, I've, I've, it's sort of like the first one opens the door to the, you know, to the office. The second uh-huh. one opens the door to grandma's attic. And there's uh-huh. all sorts of cool shit up there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, um, as you were describing, uh, how the left and right hemisphere process this. I really literally, with the mice, I literally got a picture. You know, two little mice sitting on the floor in a sort of the room was dark. I mean, I get an image with the box. I I didn't get a box. I mean, it just really just language. (laughs) I didn't get a box. It's just like, okay. Yeah, you didn't get, you didn't it's think fascinating. Of, you didn't think of a box. Well, and I, uh-huh. I think about I always wonder, I always wonder about the first person who said, let's think outside the box. And I wonder if everybody went, whoa, ooh, you know, box. <laughs> Am I in a box? You know, outside the box. You know, maybe the first time you ever heard it, it, it activated that, but you've heard it 10 million times. And this is why I think that business speak and cliches and jargon get so annoying to people because they, they're they a little bit like sort of like skating over Teflon. There's a metaphor for you. Yes. You know, it, where, yes. where nothing really sticks. Whereas uh-huh. if I find a new way to say something that, you know, in a meeting or anything and don't use those cliches, I actually get people's attention. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a, I don't know if the, where this fits, but this is a quite a funny example. I'm working with this a small group of entrepreneurs and uh, three out of the four, their company is going to, uh, through what they call traction. Now, <laughs> I had never heard of this before, but when they first mentioned it to me, going through traction, I thought this is actually really painful. You know, going through traction feels a little oh, bit like, like a medieval torture instrument. Oh. <laughs> wow. You had no idea. It's a jargon thing. It's a, it's a um, jargon I, thing. It's a jargon thing. And you know, and what's interesting, it is actually painful for them. It is actually a really painful process, and they are not necessarily enjoying it and are really quite struggling. So it's an interesting thing that we name, we have named something that's a process, we've called it traction, and it is actually as painful as it sounds. It's <laughs> really interesting. As you say that, I have no idea what it means. But I think about, you know, one of the things I think both you and I have taken on since understanding neuroscience and realizing that we can, we speak in metaphor all the time. And let me say a little more about that. Um, So, so there's this, so it's like the reason we don't notice metaphor, there were two reasons I was going to give. One is that it's a cliche, like outside the box or traction doesn't give you an image or you don't have an accurate image. The other reason that we don't recognize it is we don't realize how many things actually are metaphors. So somebody might say to me, oh, you know, I've been feeling a little down lately. Uh Well, that's a metaphor. We associate with, and there is a meta-metaphor in there in our culture, 
we associate up with good and down with bad. And that is an automatic translation that we make where we immediately know that that, that means that person feels bad mm-hmm. or good. Yes. I'm, yep. I'm having yep. an up day, right? But it's yes. really a metaphor yep. that we don't, we're not aware of. And we say this all yes. the time. If you slow people down, you'd realize they're, they're constantly using metaphors. Yeah, it's like another one comes to mind. Uh, you know, people say, well, you just got to follow your heart. Or what's your gut yeah. telling you? Or this is my gut instinct. Yeah. Gut instinct. We, you know, yeah. we say that all the time. And people really, you know, it's just become a phrase. Um, and they really have, um, they have, I think they have lost the connection to the fact that it actually is a metaphor. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the things we know, so there's a couple of reasons just for fun for the brain. One is that um, when it becomes a cliche, it gets processed more, we think, just in the language centers in the left brain and not activating the visual centers of the right brain, which often you get more information, like I said, kind of grandma's attic. The other thing is that when I say to you, two little mice facing an elephant, that's novel. That's not a way Uh you've thought before. And so you're going to trigger some neural firing as you sort of go, whoa, what would that be like? So it's, it's, Uh it's interesting and unique and you wake up the brain, the brain pays attention because it's got to, it's got to create a new connection that may not be there or pull in two disassociated pictures. um, You know, if I, that you do have familiarity with, so if I say to you, oh, this thing right now, it's like pineapple on my pizza. Oh, okay, uh-huh. well, I know what pineapple is. I know what pizza is. It's not that that's brand new, but I've got a pull together. Maybe once I had pineapple on pizza, but it's not very familiar. And what would that be like? Is it sort of sweet? Is it weird? What is that? And you can feel that your brain is searching out, routing to go down. Um, yeah, and I as think you try that to this figure that other- out. Yeah, and as I, as you know, I, I'm, and I love using uh, those those kind of images and metaphors because I find it really opens things up rather than you know the when we process things through the left hemisphere, it's it's just more specific and narrow, and the right hemisphere yes. is really about the bigger picture. And I think that is the cool thing about metaphors because even the pineapple on the pizza, well, from there, all of a sudden, I mean, the possibilities of processing something, be it um, a good thing or a challenge, there are so many possibilities of where we can go versus just a, you know, just a word. Yeah, it's interesting. And I just want to point out that you even used another metaphor as you were talking about this, that often is we, you know, it opens things up. Well, that's a Uh metaphor. It doesn't literally, you know, it's, it's sort of like (laughs) something that's opening. Um, Fascinating. Right. Right. But 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 it's it's just I don't know I find that really 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 cool, um, and I do think this is why I say it's like it's the doorway into grandma's attic. And oftentimes, we may you know you ask a client, and this is something Ursula and I do a lot lot more now that we've learned about how cool metaphors are, you know how they are feeling, and try to get a unique metaphor. And they'll you know they'll say something like. You know, I feel like the dog and somebody's sitting in my chair. Okay, well, they don't know. Maybe they maybe they consciously picked one aspect, like the nervousness of wanting to be in that chair that a dog would show. Mm-hmm. But if you dig mm-hmm. into it, 
often they've chosen just the right metaphor to really illuminate the situation if you keep asking questions about it and they're sort of more subconsciously have given you that and you can keep going with what is the chair and who's in it and what kind of dog are you and there's going to be really often profound meaning there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the other thing that I love about uh, uh, metaphors is that um, they are often, for me at least, take this take they take me out a little bit out of you know the personal the you know the the sort of especially when something is a challenge or it's it's a little bit of a sore spot on in my heart. Mm. When I can talk and use a metaphor. It gives an image and it takes me deeper, but it is it sort of it neutralizes the challenge a little bit more. Mm, it gives you a little bit of useful distance of observer. Yes. It's a way, yep. I think it's a way to help the client or the person be in observer mind because they're watching it and uh-huh. you can kind of connect to it, but it may be that it's too painful to really say like even face how terribly anxious or upset they are but by stepping back a little bit and saying I feel like the dog and someone's in my chair you get this you can kind of look at it in a way that the brain pain avoidance part of our brain will allow us to whereas if I just have to to like look at like I'm feeling really out of place I'm feeling left out I'm feeling resentful that Uh may be harder for me to get in touch with so I give a yes. little bit of distance through the metaphor. I think that's what you're saying. That's fantastic. Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, it's funny. You, you use the metaphor as well. You said, you know, we can dig, dig in a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You know, again. If you tune your listening to it, you realize, wow, how many of these. Now, I think that points us to our topic of the day, which is yes. – Meta, meta metaphors. So, and this again is straight out of George Lakoff. I don't know if there are other people talking about it, but I think this is one of the brilliant things, which is saying we have these bigger organizing metaphors that will shape our lives. So, um, mm-hmm. let me well, I, I just give an, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just I was just saying, uh, for example, in uh, in the business world and world and in organization, the meta metaphor that shapes can shape an organization is often either a war metaphor or a a a, um, a game metaphor. You know, we have to battle the competition. We have to win. Yes. Um, you know, so there are these big umbrella meta, so yes. in other words, meta metaphors that can shape. Um, how a person in an organization works and feels about the work. Absolutely. And it's very interesting when you, again, slow this down and and unpack it. There's one of our favorite metaphors, unpack. Um, I don't know where we started picking up that, but that's become a cliche between us. We just constantly use that. But there's this thing about where the meta metaphor will tell you how you fundamentally view things And often if you want to know, like, well, what is the meta metaphor of my organization? Just listen to the way people talk. Do they talk Uh about beating the competition? Is it a fight? Is it a war? We used to talk about, I I used to say, 
until I sort of became aware. I used to say, we need to plant our flag. We need to take the high ground. Those are battle uh-huh. metaphors. And I'm like, whoa. So I started realizing that those metaphors were illuminating and also helping to shape a very competitive view of business, which is not uh-huh. actually where I wanted to come from or where uh-huh. I felt like we wanted to come from. Uh-huh. And I, but it was showing, it was showing me something about, like I saw that, that resources and students were limited and you had to be uh-huh. the first to the top of the hill and claim it for your country, plant your flag, right? Uh-huh. Yes. And, and that that was very much coming from what I would call, what we sometimes call in, in the spiritual world, a scarcity mindset. Uh-huh. You so know, it's what's very, interesting yeah, about What's interesting about that is, um, you know, I, you know, words have, uh, words have resonance, and so I think the way we speak um, impacts how we feel. They impact our emotion. Um, so when you were, so you have changed this. You know, we need to, you know, take the high road and plant the flag. You've no, changed no, take that the high different. ground. I take Not the, high the, ground, high yes. the high the road. The high ground. Yeah, the high ground. No, the high road would be something else. But the high ground, <laughs> it was like conquer the top right. of the mountain where you can battle right. all of the invading armies. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Um, and so what, um, what meta-metaphor have you changed it to, and how is the emotion different? You know, I, I, think, and I think there's a couple. That's a great question. I think in terms of our work, I changed it to, and this is more of a meta-metaphor for my life and I think for yours as well, uh, two different metaphors come to mind, and one of them is the journey. And yeah. what's interesting is I hadn't realized it until today, but you and I are unpacking, you know, and, yes. and like that's, that's part of, that's a, and, and what are we learning? Where are we going? Oh, this is another, this is another step up the mountain, but it's more like climbing a mountain and less like conquering a mountain. It's more like this is about our own learning and maybe taking some people with us on the journey um, the other one is more of a garden metaphor. We're planting seeds. Let's see what wants to grow. Uh-huh. Let's see what comes to fruition. We talk a uh-huh. lot about following where the river is flowing. So I think we have more yeah. nature metaphors. Yeah, and I think the the, the journey one um, we we use a, a lot as well because we we often say um, what have we landed on, or at least I do. Yeah. What I have landed on <laughs> yeah. now is is it interesting? On. Yeah, yeah, what have yeah. I landed on? Yeah, what am I? You know, try this new path. Let's go down this path a ways. And I think the difference is. For me, like the internal state is, um, it's more relaxed because I don't feel like, you know, I used to, Uh part of the impact of this war metaphor is if I would hear about someone else who was doing work in our field, it would bring up this, like, oh, my God, there's another invading army, you know, oh, dear, (laughs) you know, we've got to battle the Trojans, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, really? You know, oh, shit, are we 
excuse my language, but you know, have we have we you know defended our base well enough, and have we kind of you know got put our platform out there good enough that we can defend against this? And it's this really, God, I can hear it. It tightens my chest. It tightens uh-huh. everything up. But if I just say, well, we're on this journey. That's where we're going. And in, in you know, the ones who want to be on this journey or for a while want to be on it with us, come with us. And other people are doing their own journey. And they're, you know, maybe they're exploring a different part of the mountain. And that's, there's like, there's plenty of room on the mountain. I don't, we don't need to have the whole freaking mountain to ourselves. We couldn't manage it. <laughs> I can't, I can't defend it, you know, even if I wanted to. So. I love about the journey because, you know, uh, you know, many people are on different journeys. Everybody takes a different plane, a different train. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just preference and it's, it's fine. We can carve out our own, uh, our own path and uh, walk along that. So you're right. It's really, there's a different feeling to, um, you know, to speaking from that metaphor, from that meta metaphor. You know what, it absolutely, it also, it changes everything because then I am looking at people as fellow travelers and not invading armies. And uh-huh. I don't have to, you know, we don't have to be right or be be anything other than true to who we are. But if we are, you know, if we're, if it's a battle, if work is a battle, business is a battle. And I got to tell you, this is probably the most pervasive metaphor and I hope people are sort of looking for themselves and they're like well what's mine what kind of language do I use because you will get a lot you'll get so much agreement in the world well it is a battle or at the at Uh the least it's a foot it's a football game (laughs) you know (laughs) I do say I have to say I also do say move the ball down the field sometimes (laughs) yes yes I do say that but I actually like that because yeah. yeah, I mean, I, that is actually a really good metaphor because uh, we're just moving the ball up the field. It doesn't necessarily mean we're scoring or we're winning or that's we're losing. True. We're just moving the ball up. You know, that's all we can right. do right now. <laughs> Although it does imply that there are other people who don't want us to move the ball up the field. So that's, <laughs> that would be the only. But it's better than a battle, a bloody battle. So, yeah, so for sure. you know, one of one of the other so we i think that you know we've looked at this in organizations and what we would say is we have a process that we teach our organizational trainers but basically it's a working backwards process where you look to say how do people speak about working here what are the metaphors they use and i want to just share and um briefly we were working with a, a couple of consultants who had a team they were working with, and we thought we were going to uncover, there's another metaphor, a battle metaphor. But what we uncovered, they were saying things like, our hands are tied. I'm just uh-huh. doing my time. What else? Do you remember anything else? Um, I'm t- stuck. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm so somebody says something like I'm bound I'm bound by I'm bound by I'm tied to mm-hmm. well I'm tied and to, what yep. we what we dis- discovered was that their metaphor seemed to be not that they were at war that would actually have been much better their their metaphor <laughs> as a group was that they were in jail they were in prison yes and you yes. can 
feel if work is a prison or this team is a prison or this job is a prison or this relationship is a prison, there is no room to move. That is a very, very debilitating metaphor. So what we say is the first thing is listen to what they're saying, work it back to see are there some common themes. There may be more than one metaphor, by the way, but can you identify a main one? Is it empowering or disempowering? If it's disempowering, how do you help that team find a metaphor that's empowering, that they Uh can start languaging from? Uh So shifting, Uh for example, um, and this I had this with a with an individual client who who got into that her relationship was felt like a prison, and and uh-huh. and from a prison that she just felt like there was nowhere she could move, and Why what we got to yeah oh it does terrible, feels like there's jailers and there's guards and you have no nothing there's it's it's like our level in the seven levels of hopelessness. So uh-huh. we got to, in the individual client, what we got to was that what if, and this took, a, this took some work and digging in and trying on, and, you know, this wasn't a phony thing. This was a process of coaching. But what we got to is, oh, well, what if it were a school? Oh, all of a uh-huh. sudden, all of these difficult things, maybe they're just really tough lessons. Actually, it was a Ph.D. Uh-huh. program. That was what it was. It was like a really tough <laughs> yeah. PhD program that felt like it would never end. But there was, there was, she all of a sudden she felt like, wow, there's way more room to move. I can move. I can, uh, there will be an end to this. This isn't a life sentence. This is, there's, and I've got to learn and I'm going to dig into the lessons and I don't, I don't actually know when it's going to end, but it's, but I, you know, one step after the other, one foot in front of the other, and there was room for her to actually feel empowered and then even to start thinking, what are, what's the language you want to use rather than I'm trapped using this language of I'm learning. This is a tough lesson. I need to master this lesson. You know, yeah. that was so much more. Can you feel yeah. the lightness there? It was just oh amazing. Oh, my God, the choices. There's a lot more choices in a Ph.D. program than when you're jailed. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're jailed, right. there are no choices. But a Ph.D. program, you know, as a meta metaphor, even if it's hard study, you can still look at the learning and, and what are you, you know, what are you getting out of it and where are the studies hard and where are they easy and what don't you understand? I mean, it's really, I can really feel the spaciousness around that. And even she was part of a community that was also dealing with this type of difficult relationship. And then it was like, oh, I have fellow students. Oh, my God, you know, how do I learn from them? We're all in this together. Other (laughs) other people got through. Other people got their PhD. Other people feel as challenged as I do. And, And what's fun along the way? And we can bond and and it just shifted everything. But again, it wasn't just one metaphor. It was like the, the bowl that her metaphor and her language was living in. So, well, there's a very, again, um, a huge difference between uh, being in a classroom with fellow students, you know, studying the same subject, subject matter, which is relationship and life or whatever it might be, versus, versus solitary confinement. <laughs> oh, God. By a cruel jailer, you know. Oh, yep. my God. So yep. 
thinking about how do people, Ursula, what would be your advice around um, how do people actually start to become more aware of what is the meta metaphor that I might be living in, like the prison or the war, like we were living in the battle? How do they become more well, aware you, of that? Well, I think you mentioned that already. I think the first uh, step is to really listen to yourself. What are you saying? Because some of the the language and the metaphors we use are just so embedded in it that we don't we don't even notice it. So it's really looking for a theme. Like, how are you in this relationship? You know, what kind of language do you use? And what are the metaphors that you are using? And what is the theme? Is it a theme yeah. of, you know, gardening or school or, you know, war, battles, games, sports? Like, what what is it? And, you know, then I think people will really get to this overarching meta-metaphor um, that is this, that is the bigger the bigger theme. Yeah, and then you look and you say, you know, is that is that really the way that I want to hold this? Is it the way that I want to talk about it? Uh-huh. And I think this is a it's a fascinating thing for business partners and for couples to sort uh-huh. of say, how do we talk about our relationship? You know, some uh-huh. couples' meta metaphor is that love is a game. And some uh-huh. couples' meta, meta metaphors, love is a garden. We're growing together. We're, you know, love is a school. So thinking about what is your, if you're in a relationship, what, is the, what are the things that you say? Oh, it's so nice to grow together with you. We're learning together. Uh-huh. Um, you know, is it garden or is it that there's some, who's winning? Oh, you know, uh-huh. I won that. I won that argument. You know, what are the things uh-huh. you commonly say to each other or to your friends about your relationship? What are the metaphors you use? And that will tell you how you hold it. How do you talk about your yeah, relationship and- with Yetza? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, uh, e- I think what I have discovered is that uh, our relationship, the meta metaphor, is is probably the game, is a game, um, because I sometimes I sometimes say to him, um, you know, you're moving the pieces around. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. You're moving the pieces around. I can't follow you. I can't track you. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But it's a game. Well, there's something though in knowing you and being around the two of you. There's some people who have it as a game, and it's really they're keeping score. You know, like who's winning, who's losing. You, it's more like a game you're playing together. Like you're playing this game of life together. Um, which yes. is, you know, shows you some of the subtlety of that, um, which is really sweet. It's like you're, it's like you're on the playground, or you're on, you know, you're you're playing board games, but you're playing together. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm, I'm. It's really interesting um, now that you're sort of, uh, you know, sort of put my brain in this focus of, you know, what am I saying? I'm, I'm beginning to see that for us, I think it's more of an um, like an outdoor game, an outdoor adventure, because we do say things. What I say is, I've lost you. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> You're moving the pieces about. Um, you know, so it feels a little bit more like, uh, you know, outward bound. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah. 
like hide and seek on the playground or you like know. Exactly. But I do, you know, you also, you also say uh, that it, it could be that it's kind of you know hiking through the woods because I know something you often say or Yetzel will say to you or you'll say to Yetzel is off on another adventure. You know, get yes. on the, get in the car to go yes. to Target, and you say off on another adventure. Yes, yeah, you're <laughs> you know? right. You're, you're really, you're right. We we do say that. Uh, we do say that a lot. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, all meta metaphors, all of these themes have a um, what we call an above the line, so a positive uh, yeah. connection. And there's also, you know, a negative one uh, because in, in our meta metaphor in my relationship uh, with him, it uh, sometimes is also, I can't win. Uh, you know, yeah. I can't win here. I can't win with um, you. Yeah. I can win with you. Um, you know, I mean, sort of trying to think, um, you know, you know, you've, you didn't keep your promise, which, you know, so it's a, you know, it, it can have a, a sort of a challenging aspect to it as well as a celebratory one. Yeah, you make me think about my first husband. There was a lot of talk about it's your turn, it's my turn, but it wasn't from a like fun place. Like, oh. like you and I might say to each other when we're hanging out, oh, my God, I've, it's been all about me for the past hour. It's your turn. But there's more like yeah. that feels more like little kids playing hopscotch. But with him, it was more like he was keeping score. And this oh. was, you know, and it didn't feel empowering. It was about, you know, who won, who lost, who had the points. Whereas if you and I say that to each other, it's more just like the, the, the playground kind of thing. So you can see there's yes. some subtlety here, but, uh-huh. you know, that's the question that, that I think is the interesting one is, is the metaphor empowering you, taking you into more freedom and choice, like, you know, my client who went from prison to school, or is it disempowering you because in, in it's about a game and it's about who's winning. And I'm not saying you and Yetz are like this, but I know some couples are. Who's winning? Yeah. Whose points? Whose turn is it? Whose turn is it to pick dinner? Whose turn is it to pick vacation? Mm. That can be playful uh-huh. or it can uh-huh. be really rigid depending on how uh-huh. you're holding it. You uh-huh. know, or I won that. Yep. Oh, my wife, you know, I won that argument. And it's like, wow, why is this a winning and losing? Is that fun or is it debilitating? So, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, as you said, the experience of, uh, you know, the experience which meta metaphor we are holding and how we're speaking will really create a completely different experience. You know, I find this really uh, fascinating. Um, going back to my relationship with my, uh, with my husband, um, you know, as you know, he's uh, just taken on an assignment uh, for two months that's, you know, three hours, you know, further south. And, you know, even in that scenario, I am realizing that I'm still speaking along that outdoor, outward bound adventure metaphor because I say things like, you know, I, I, so I say I miss you. So it's really, if you think that I miss you is, an, is, is actually also a metaphor because I, it's sort of like we're, we're in the same forest. 
but I can't see him. I'm missing him. I've missed the the connection. It's like you're, so I find you're that, there, but I can't see you. Yeah, yeah. I can't see I've you. you know? um, I've lost you. I've lost you. I've lost you. Exactly. I feel... You're over feel, there having fun. I feel disconnected or, you know, whatever it might be. But even in this scenario, I find it really interesting that I'm sort of playing along the same outward board about outward bound adventure metaphor but it's a little bit like he's hiking in a different part of the forest so what would Mm -hmm. just to play with that what would be a metaphor that would because it sounds like there's something that's not fun about this metaphor right now Uh uh yeah it's a it's a struggle um you know because i've Mm. I've lost my uh, my fellow you know I've lost the person that's holding the map and the compass while I'm yeah. holding the water bottles and the backpack. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so this is this metaphor sort of reinforces loneliness. So what would yeah. be a potentially just to try it on? What would be a metaphor? You know, sort of like shifting from prison to school. What would what comes to mind that would maybe be a way of holding this two month separation? that's more empowering or gives you more choice? Well, it's interesting. Um, the, the first thing that came, uh, popped into my brain as a visual was actually a woven, uh, like, a, like a quilt. I have no idea where that oh. came from. So our relationship is a quilt versus our relationship is an outward bound adventure yes. and you've left me behind. You've left me behind. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now I'm carrying. So, I'm carrying all the equipment. <laughs> what would you yes. say instead of "I've lost you" and "You're over there"? What would you say? What would be some of the phrases that you would say if your meta metaphor was "This is a quilt"? Um. Well, there's something about quilting where you know you have the pieces, the individual pieces, but in the end you just stitch them together. So it would mm-hmm. be something like, um, I'm working on my, I'm working on my patch. Isn't that fascinating? Ooh. Because we have a, you know, we have a sign outside our home that, as you know, is a camper, and it says, "Welcome to our patch." Hmm, patch. Huh? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? So I would that, say that also you know, I'm working would... on my patch. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was also thinking patch can also mean like garden, which would be another possibility. But I love the quilt. So he's he's sewing his own, he's creating his own patch, his quilt yep, square. And I'm, yep, and I'm continuing to create my, my quilt square. And then, you know, in between, we have an opportunity to, you know, put them together. Um, and then we go off again and working on the next one. And then we come together and put them together. Um, huh. Yeah. You know, even in this what very small shift, I can feel, I can feel there is a little less anxiety because these are just mm. little patches. And, you know, this is what I love about quilting it's mm. not always matching, you know. It's purple and green and no, polka dotted and flowers. 
there's one they call a crazy quilt. It's just you do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yes, it can be a crazy quilt. So, so you yeah. know, whatever patches we're making right now, uh, they somehow will fit together and make a, you know, will make a nice uh, blanket eventually. Um, and that, you know, uh, that feels different. I love that because the other thing that really comes to mind, you guys have been together how many years? 42. 42 years. So, you know, when you think about two months, it makes me think of one of those quilts that has all of this combination of really tiny little squares because two months in 42 years is a pretty small square. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So really what you're showing me is that we already have this big quilt that we've worked on (laughs) for 42 years and now we're just adding a few small ones, you know, like tiny little decorations. (laughs) And it just, I got to tell you where my brain goes. It's like, what cool colors is he going to bring into this quilt? Because he's off doing this. Uh Cool, unexpected. Huh. That's where my brain went. Yeah, no, I love that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you. That is uh, that is really um that is really lovely. That is very very helpful. And I that is really, thank you for your generosity and just sharing that with all of us. And I think that one of the things I I feel like is when you get into this kind of conversation with in unless people have such a belief that they can't do it and they, you know, they kind of have psyched themselves out. I do think that when you start saying, okay, well, what is your meta metaphor? And, you know, what are the sorts of things that you say? And what does that kind of point to? And then you say, what would be one that, you know, would support you more, be more empowering? It's so fascinating that I've done this a number of times with clients and the client knows. Yes. There's something yes, there. That is my experience. They, they, and I find that they come up with the most unexpected, uh, creative, and sometimes crazy meta metaphors that are a total yeah. fit for them. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. That's yeah. And then I think the the challenge is to, and this is where, like in a traditional coaching thing, we might look for a structure for, you know, like to get a picture of a patchwork quilt or something to help the brain Uh remember that's what we are. We are now choosing a meta metaphor. We're not just sort of defaulting into one. So we're going to choose this and we're going to keep, keep asking what would I say if I were speaking from there? Because that'll help wire it in. And how do I keep uh-huh. reminding myself I'm not in prison, I'm in school. I'm not on this lonely, I'm not lost in the woods, I'm making a patchwork quilt. You know, it's a very different yeah. thing. Very, <laughs> very, very own. different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to go to my I have to go to Michael's in the next couple of days to get supplies <laughs> for uh, for a training. Uh, so I Maybe I think I might little... just pick up um, pick up a few little fabric pieces uh, just to help me remember that really we are just quilting right now and uh, it is a very small little piece in the big piece that's already there. And I love shopping wow, at Michael's. Well, this... <laughs> yeah, I know. Any any excuse to shop at Michael's. This has been yeah. so fun. Um, what do we want to say about what Be Above is up to? If people want to get in touch with us, where we, we what what else? 
Yes. Um, well, uh, what we would like you, where we would like you to point to is uh, our website, uh, www.beaboveleadership.com. We have a, um, a wonderful um, advanced coaching program uh, in various locations in the United States and in Canada, as well as um, in London, England, um, in December of this year, which is for the trained and experienced coach. And we've got a wonderful, a couple of really lovely virtual programs. So if you go to our website and look at the uh, main tabs at the top of the website, there is one called virtual programs and there's a drop down menu. Um, and we have just, uh, we are almost done with our webinar, the neuroscience of transformation for coaches. And that will be available um, for you know for people to purchase and listen to um, you know in a in a couple of weeks um, as a virtual program. So um, those are some of the things that um, I am really excited about. Um, is there anything else that I've missed, Anne? The only other thing that I would say is that if you go to my blog, which is yourcoachingbrain.wordpress.com, mm. there is a, there's a blog post that says metaphors are lint catchers for the brain, which talks a little more about, not about meta-metaphors so much, but about basic metaphors and how they activate our brain. So that's another resource there. So thank yep. you so that's much. That's a great and resource. Thanks for listening. Yes, thanks very much, and um, thank you, Anne, for helping me um, make a quilt instead of feeling I'm lost in the woods. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. thanks, bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Be Above Leadership Block Talk Radio, and um, it's April 1st, which is kind of funny. It is not an April <laughs> Fool joke, um, but we are going to talk about the meta-metaphors that shape our lives, um, and this is mm. Ursula, and uh, I am here with my uh, wonderful friend and business partner, Anne. Good morning, Anne, and happy 1st April. <laughs> yeah, happy April 1st. I'm in, I'm in Minnesota, and it's cold up here. Ursula's in Florida, where it actually is green. So we're kind of different parts, north and south today. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is a good topic for April 1st. It's this because it's, there's a thing about, you know, I'll make, I'll make an awkward connection, connection maybe, Ursula. There's a piece about. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, because, well, here's, 